I've given you a handout. You can slip it in your Bible, and uh, we may refer to it from time to time. And I really am anxious to do everything I can to bless you while our pastor is recuperating. And be sure to pray for him more earnestly because the recovery from that type of surgery is, is one of the most difficult things that a person could face. All right, we're going to go into the Word of God. And uh, the scriptures on the cover of our program, our Bible lesson, we will read those. And uh, my Bible has come apart. Jesus told his disciples, come apart and rest a while. So my Bible has had, had to rest a little bit. All right. Let's stand together at the reading of the word. First Peter, the first chapter. Let's uh, begin reading verse 4. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these we might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And beside this, giving all diligence... Add to your faith virtue. I want to back up a minute. And is a connecting word. So when he mentions all those things, and, and he begins verse 5 with, say it. And, and beside this, giving all diligence, Add to your faith virtue. Here's the word and again. They're connecting all of this. And to virtue, knowledge. To knowledge, temperance. To temperance, patience. To patience, godliness. And to godliness, brotherly kindness. To brotherly And to brotherly kindness, charity. For if these things be in you and abound... They make you that you should neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind, cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Everybody said amen to the word. You may be seated. I will not keep you long. I'll just try to get into what I feel like. The Lord has given me for you, and uh, you can follow the notes here, or you can put those in your Bible and refer to refer to them at another time. Dimensions of growth. Now, the Word is full of admonition from the apostles, and certainly inspired by Jesus Christ our Lord. The most important thing in life and godliness, 
The Apostle Paul says it, Romans 1, 16, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And the Hebrew and Greek word for salvation implies deliverance, safety, preservation, healing, and soundness. And that's what you have deep within you, repented of your sins, baptized in Jesus' name, received the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's in obedience to the plan of salvation. And through that, we have deliverance. We've been delivered from something. When you study the Word of God and you love Jesus and you pray, we have safety. I'm glad we're into something that is safe and secure. Then there's preservation. I like that word. We're preserved. Healing and soundness. And our salvation, three tenses, the believer has been delivered, is in the process of being delivered, and will be delivered from this present evil world. And that's why we must uh, continue to go forward and keep growing. Don't ever stop growing. Amen. We're trying to climb higher. And sometimes we slip a little bit, and it seems like we start all over, but not really. You're just leaving a little area, and you're going to keep climbing. And we look up at the place where we feel like we need to be and say, I'm not there yet. But then we look where we came from, and we say, but I'm not there either. I've made progress. I've... I've climbed. I'm still climbing. After all these years, I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying the climb. Amen. I don't get tired of serving the Lord. I enjoy it. And I feel like the Apostle Paul that I may finish my course with joy. Amen. I've got to have a little joy down here to enjoy the joy over there. And so... uh, The Lord wants us to be happy. He doesn't want us to go around with a long face. And I appreciate the fact that he can bring the happiness. And even when we're sad, we can be glad. And we can still rejoice in the Lord. The Bible said rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. The gift of the Holy Ghost is happiness peace and joy in the Holy Ghost and so we need to demonstrate that in our own hearts and lives I uh, have been in this a long time I want to tell you that I certainly have never felt that I arrived I've never felt that I was anyone special but I always realized I served something that somebody who was more special than anything else in this world. When you serve Jesus, amen. When you love Jesus, if you ever stop loving him and start looking around and wondering what you're missing, you're failing. Keep going forward, loving one another, loving Jesus first of all. Praise God. 
Amen. Amen. So I just, uh, I'm not tired of the journey. It's been a long winding road and I've tried to write a book about my father's ministry and entitling it The Long Winding Road. And as a boy, we traveled every road that you could think of, sometimes a highway, sometimes a uh, blacktop, sometimes, uh, you know, uh, dirt roads in the summertime, dust everywhere in the winter. You get stuck on those. Du- uh, I can remember a few times when we'd get stuck. Dad had a big old car, took a big old car, Eight children lived to be grown, and there was always usually at least six. And uh, that old car pulling that trailer with the tent in it would get bogged down. I can remember my brothers getting out and finding uh, pieces of wood and trees and everything to put in the, uh, the ruts, and sometimes that wouldn't work. And they'd have to walk up the hill somewhere or down the road and ask the farmer if he would bring his team of mules and pull us out. And uh, that was the way we kept going. So high, highway, highways, byways, sometimes we made our own roads, the long, <laughs> winding road. And... Uh, I've started it, and people everywhere, when are you going to finish that book? Well, I guess, better not say anymore. But anyhow, we're going forward. We're not going to stop. Praise God. There's no stopping place on this journey. We want to keep growing in the Lord. Don't give in. Don't give up. Don't give out. Just keep holding on. The Apostle Paul talked about running a race. And we all run, he said, but one receives the price. But he said, you run that you may obtain. And I'm just asking all of us here to renew our faith, renew our strength, renew our love. Let's put a lot of things behind us. Let's go forward like we never had have before. Jesus is coming soon. You could wake up in the morning and the news would be Europe is in an all-out war. They are looking for the man that can get them out of the troubles. It will not be Obama. It will not be Romney. Politics is not going to get them out. They're going to say, hey, we've got to have someone that can pull us together. That's where the Antichrist comes in. And it won't be long. I believe the Antichrist slept in a bed last night. I believe that he walked the streets this day. I believe that he's ready to take over. And I believe that we're that close to the rapture, the coming of the Lord. And so we better do our best here tonight to get ready and to stay ready at all times. But those who look for Jesus, amen, those that look for him shall be caught up with him. We'll meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. 
I know that uh, I'm striving to reach that. Haven't made it yet. Don't feel like that I've, I still feel like I've got a lot of traveling to do, a lot of preaching to do, a lot of witnessing. Jesus is coming soon. Amen. Did you hear me? Jesus is coming soon. And I tell you, we need to realize that we don't have it made yet. Still a lot of mountains to climb, hills to go over. But don't be discouraged or feel defeated. And the Bible tells First Thessalonians 5.18, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God and Christ Jesus concerning you. Whatever happens, say, well, it was good for me or the Lord wouldn't allow it to happen. I'm not, I'm not going to be bitter. I'm going to be better. I'm going to say, thank you, Lord. It was good for me, but I'm not going to stop. I'm going to keep going. I'm not going to turn around. Praise God. Just saying, let's keep our minds made up. The Apostle Paul told the Hebrews, it said, you have all the ordinances but don't stop there. Let us go on. Amen. So I'm, I'm pushing and I'm shoving and I'm trying and I'm praying. And, and that's why I want to pray for you, every need that you have. I went into one place and I could tell the young lady was troubled. Her, but her employer I'd go in there from time to time. I'd talk to him about the Lord and and uh, receiving a great experience. He said, well, I'm a member of the Filipino Baptist Church in uh, one of the suburbs. I said, well, well, that's all right. Amen. I know that you're trying. I want to encourage you to go on. And... Uh, one day I was in there, and he never had offered to come to church without me asking him. He said, I'm going to go visit your church. It took one trip. When he got into the presence of God, he broke down, and he came back, and he received the Holy Ghost, and he started bringing his family. Amen. And a beautiful young lady that worked for him, I Asked her if she'd ever had a Bible lesson. She said, I don't even have a Bible. And so I asked uh, Brother Edgar, can we use your kitchen here if I bring her a Bible? He said, oh, yes. We sat there and had a little Bible lesson right there where they made the donuts. And uh, then I said, now, Angie, let's, let's pray. And I took her by the hand and started praying, and she started weeping. She couldn't stop. She told Brother Edgar later, I've never cried like that in my life. I certainly have not cried over a Bible. I brought her a new Bible. And uh, she came on to church, received a beautiful experience with God. And God uh, filled her with the Holy Ghost. She got baptized. And happiest young lady in the, in the country. And I was in there another time and a young lady... I could tell she was troubled. And I said, honey, can I pray with you about something? She started crying. said, my mother had a wreck in Mexico, and I can't get to her. And I took her hands over the counter and prayed for her. And 
and she wept and thanked me and I went in the next day and she said, Pastor, the next man that came in after you left put a gun to my head and said, I'm going to blow your brains out if you don't give me every dime in this store. And said, all of a sudden, he just wheeled around and left. Thank you for praying for me yesterday, just before he came in. There's a lot of trouble out in this world. They just need someone to love them. And who could turn down if you want to pray for somebody? Who would turn that down? Well, sure, I, I need prayer. Most of them say that. So we're in the last days. Let's do everything we can while we can. But let's go on. This church has everything that it needs. Beautiful building, beautiful location, best pastor you could ever find anywhere. And uh, this church is ready to move. It just needs the revival to get it going. And we're going to have revival. We're going to be prepared when our pastor comes back. Are you with me? Let us go on. Thank you, sir. Everybody stand and clap your hands. We are going to have revival. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Amen, amen. I don't want any of us to stop. We've got to keep going. Go forward. I, I know that there are a lot of hindrances. And you read about the seven churches of Asia, the second, third chapter of the book of Revelation. And there was only one that the Lord didn't try to rebuke or ask them to repent. Along the line somewhere in us, the very first church that's mentioned is Ephesians, the church of Ephesus. And the Lord mentioned the good things they had done, but he said, I have somewhat against you, you left your first love. That tender love, that love for Jesus Christ. That church started with 12 disciples, John baptized, I mean, Paul baptized followers of John. He baptized 12. And history tells us from that revival, up to 50,000 people received the Holy Ghost in Ephesus. But they stopped growing along the way because they left that first love. We're going to learn to love one another. We're going to love Jesus more. We're going to get along with each other. We're going to be united. <laughs> Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. And I know that you have loved ones that are lost and We've got to start working on them. If you have a father, a mother, children, a, a sister or brother, write it on a card. And, well, I'm going to join with you the next few weeks. 
we're going to see some of them come in before I leave here. I'm determined that we're going to have it. Amen. Praise God. The devil will fight you. We go forward. The devil will fight you every way that he possibly can to try to stop it. And uh, our church was mentioned on the front page of what used to be the Houston Post. Woman is murdered in Life Tabernacle Church. It was on a Sunday night, house full of people. Sister Leanne, you and your family were there. And uh, what had happened, this man's live-in girlfriend received the Holy Ghost, got baptized, told him, I can never live like that anymore. And he told her, if you don't get out of that church, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill that pastor. Well, you know, I've had threats through the years, but never never anything like that. And I didn't pay a whole lot of attention, but I was five minutes late to church that Sunday night, and I am never late. And I had to look back and say, the Lord protected me. Because when I drove up, one of the ushers came out and said, Pastor, the most awful thing happened. As they sang the first song, this man came in, worked his way between people, put a gun to his girlfriend's head, and killed her right there in that auditorium. See, I didn't think things like that happened in church. I can tell you where people have come in, terrorists and uh, other countries, and mowed down a lot of the saints of God because they were trying to do what was right. It hurts me to see uh, an Arab man uh, shoot his wife because she wanted to work at a job. Can't Those women can't drive. They can't work. Uh, they're live in a house that's full of hatred all of their lives. And uh, when I read that in the paper, I thought, that is terrible. That's awful. But uh, it does happen once in a while. But I, I, I didn't think it would ever happen in our church. And we've had uh, a lot of persecution through the years. Our church just kept growing and and a cloud, a damper, fell on that congregation. And we prayed every night. And, and uh, they told me that when he shot this woman, he waved his gun up on the platform. And my son-in-law said he was looking for you, Dad. I, some reason, five minutes late. And... Uh, there was a cloud, a cloud of gloom and discouragement. We had to pray hard. We had to work hard to finally get a breakthrough. The breakthrough came when a beautiful little 16-year-old girl uh, in our church was determined to win souls in her high school. 
And so she went to Dobie High School. She began to talk to the young ladies. You've just got to come to my wonderful church. And uh, they had no, no, no desire to ever go, but she kept talking. And finally, a friend came, and she received the Holy Ghost, got baptized. And then they, the two of them started working on others. And, and here comes, and every Sunday night, I could preach to at least 10 young people out of that high school. Before it was all over, 35 out of that high school had received the Holy Ghost. And three of those young men are preaching. And one of the girls married a preacher. God turned the adversity into victory. We didn't panic. We didn't give up. We kept holding on. Thank God. Hallelujah. I'm just made up my mind, whatever it takes, I'm going to try to lead God's people. One of the young men that's in our church today was in that group. He testified one day. I had him to come up front, and he was a tough football player. And he said, I had no idea I'd ever come into a church like this. But Melissa, Melissa Oliver wouldn't let me alone. She'd say, now, you've just got to come to our church. You just don't know what you're missing. And he said, I'm going to go one time. You promise me you'll never bug me again. He said, so I came that one time. had no intentions of ever coming back. I thought that people, those people were crazy. But then they just, the others that had prayed through, young men, kept working on him. And uh, so he said, I'm going to go one time more, one more time. He said, the first time I thought all of you were crazy. He said, the second time I knew you were crazy. The third time I came, I went crazy. <laughs> Amen. After all these years, he's in the church, loving God, living for God, worshiping. I'm telling you, folks, we've got to go on. We can't stop now. We don't want to lose our first love. Praise God. Amen, amen. Well, I've given you enough for tonight. I'll finish Bible lesson by the help of the Lord next Wednesday night. I'm so glad to get to be here to help your pastor. I love the Hughes family. Brother James Hughes and I went to Tennessee and worked together in a church just uh, three or four weeks ago that was being pulled apart. Looked like the devil was going to destroy it, the most beautiful church in Pentecost. I've never seen anything like it. Uh, about 700 members, and uh, the devil doesn't like anything that's progressing, that's moving forward. And uh, so Brother James and I went in. He did a lot of teaching, laid a lot of groundwork. The Lord helped me to take it a little bit further. And uh, after two weeks, we 
reached that spiritual level that we needed to reach. And now the church is going forward, doing good, happy, having, having prayer meetings, chain of prayer. We've got a hold of something that will work. Amen. I thank God for Brother James Hughes and his sweet little family. I feel like I'm Grandpa, but don't call me Grandpa. Just say Papa Kane. 